Is it on? It's on. There we go. Happy New Year, y'all. That's East Texas, y'all. Happy New Year. Man, so excited for what God's going to do in 2022. Uh, did you come expecting? Did you come into the New Year expecting? Are you expecting God to do something for you in 2022? Is it cold outside? You know, we have an East Texas word for that, too. It's brr. Because it is brr outside right now. It is cold outside. Okay, we're going to start a new series, Be Still and Know. But first, I want to break the ice with a story. So in the foyer of a church, a young boy was looking at a plaque with the names of men and women who had died in various wars. And the pastor come up and he asked the pastor. He said, who are these people? The pastor said, those are members from our church who died in service. The little boy's eyes got big. And he, said, he asked, was it the early service or the late service? Thought it was appropriate. We got, every, we got people from both services here this morning. <laughs> so we have an early and a late service. When I saw that, I, I, was, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, we got to talk about that. Okay, this morning we're going to start a series, Be Still and Know. Psalms 46 and 10 says this, Be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know. And Pastor Nathan gave these words. He said, this is the word for thrive for this year is be still and know. Well, what are you going to be still and know? You're going to be still and know that he is God and that he's going to be exalted among the nations and he's going to be exalted in the earth. First point, if you got your little booklet, you can open it up there. First point is be still. I want to start off with this right here. Be still. Psalms 37 and 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when, when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. You know, so much of the time, I don't know about y'all, or I don't know about you, but so much of the time, we are just so busy, constantly moving, constantly trying to get things done, Constantly, you know, I, I don't know, I'm a small business owner. My mind is constantly going about uh, how I can do things better, what we can do to be more proficient, what we can do to be uh, just to accomplish more with less. Because it seems like we're not gaining any more employ employees, but the workload is going up. So the only thing we can do is try to be the efficient as we can be. And so my mind is constantly working, constantly trying to build a better mousetrap. Then there always is a better mousetrap. 
And you should be looking at ways that you can do things more, more efficiently and, and be more proficient when you do them. But our minds are constantly doing this. I mean, they're constantly, uh, you, you know, even from when you're in school, there's, there's homework that you got to do. There's peer pressure that you got to deal with. I mean, there's all these different things that people are dealing with. And so it's taken up and you got to constantly be, you're just busy. How, ma- how many of you in here, life is busy? It's just busy. It, it is just busy. You know, but Jesus dealt with the same thing when he was here. People were busy. They were busy, and he just wants you to know this. Be still. Sometimes you got to just shut everything off. Get in your, uh, in your I'm going to use an old Christianese word, in your prayer closet. It's just a place where you can get that you're not bothered uh, and you just get away and you spend some time with the Lord. And you just spend time with him. You spend time with the king of kings. And you spend time with the Lord of lords. You spend time with the one that is high and exalted, that resides in light. You spend time with him. Just, just you and him. And I know lots of times we get in, we get in those spots. And, and so this is going to touch you no matter where you're at. Some part of this message is going to touch you and you're going to be able to relate to no matter if you've been doing it for 50 years, if you've been saved for 50 years, or you've been saved for five minutes. Some part of this you're going to relate to. You know, when you, when you get in that time and, and, you, and, you, and you're praying and you're like, you know, uh, Lord, this is happening, and, and God, I need you to do this. And God, you know that, uh, sister, whoever, my mom is in need of this, and w- would you do this? And, you know, uh, c- can you do this? And, I'm, and, and you're pleading before him, and, and you're making a request to him, and it's all right to make those requests. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's all right to make those requests, but then when we get through, when you get through making your request, you stop and you get up. You just stop and you get up. And, and I'm telling you, that is, a, that is a monologue. If you, you know, I, I've been married to my beautiful wife for 28 years. And, and if I just constantly made requests ever, made requests ever, made requests ever, and never give her a chance to talk back to me, our relationship, we wouldn't have made 28 years. But it's the same thing with God. You get down and you make all these requests, and then when you get through making your request, you're like, well, I don't have anything else to say, so I guess I'm done. So you get up and leave. And sometimes you just need to stay there and just be still and be quiet and listen and when you listen, then you'll hear him talk back to you. And he'll give you direction. He'll give you words of encouragement. That hits, that hits home. It really does. 
because I know that I, Joey, I am guilty of that. I'll get down and I'll pray and I'll say, hey, God, you know what? I got this going on. I need you to help me with this right here. You know, I got this issue right here. I need you to, to, in, to do something in, in this right here. And then when I get through, I just, all right, I, I, I got to I get back to my busyness. I got to get back to, to work. I got to get back to doing things that need to be done. And, and, and for the last few years or for the last month, I've been really busy. I have been really busy. I'm trying to get a house ready to be sold, and, and you know, and not only am I am I am I loading myself down, but I'm also loading my family down. Hey, I need you to come help me do this right here. Hey, we got to get this done. We got to get this done. Hey, we got the painter coming in. We got the shower people coming in. We got sheet rockers coming in. We got bricklayers and roofers and gutter people. You know, I'm trying to get all this stuff done. Hey, and by the way, we got to get this stuff out of here, and we got to stage the house right, and so. Sometimes you just got to, you know, and so I know, I'm speaking to myself, sometimes you just got to be still. Be still because if you want to know him, if you want to know him, you're going to have to get still and let him talk to you. He knows you. He knows you. He knows you. He, he, he's known you before even you was here. He knew you. But he wants you to know him. Amen? Amen. Luke 14. So people were even busy in Jesus' time. When Jesus was here on earth, they were busy. And this is a story that Jesus relates to, that Jesus is telling. So this is, is Jesus' words. In Luke 14, verses 16 through 23, it says, Then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many, invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say those, to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. Sound familiar? The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go see it. The second, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. And I ask you to have, to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to the master. And the master of the house, being angry, being upset, because he done prepared all this, being upset, said to his servant, go out quickly. Because it's ready, the supper's ready. Go out quickly into the streets, into the lanes of the city, and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. Are we making excuses? I make excuses. I'm, 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 not, I'm not exempt from that. I make excuses. Shame on me. Not only shame on me, shame on you. Shame on us all. Because we make excuses. Oh, why we can't do this? Why, you know, I, I can't serve. Oh. I can't serve because I'm doing this. I, I can't, I can't, uh, I, I can't do this. I can't be part of the go team. I can't volunteer because I got this going on or I got that going on. And not that, that there's anything wrong with, with having stuff going on. 
But you need to make time for God. You need to make time that you need to get still before him. And I'm telling you, when you do, when you get still before him and you listen to his voice, then you're going to have time to do what he wants you to do. Have you ever thought about this, Thrive? That whenever, uh, it talks about the tithe and the, the 10%, the, the first fruits. But have, you ever, have you thought about that there's, how many hours a day are you normally awake? How many, I mean, uh, me on average, I get up about 5.30 in the morning, 5.15, 5.30, and then I usually go to bed around 9 or 9.30. So that's about mm, 16 hours. About 16 hours a day that I'm awake. If I was to tithe, Ten percent of that hourly. In that hourly, that'd be one point six hours, so about one and a half hours. So about ninety minutes a day, I would be oh, about ninety minutes a day I would be spending with God, just me and Him. Ouch! That hurts, doesn't it? I had told Pastor Cass, I said this, 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 uh, this is carrying some weight. The message is heavy, but there's hope. Let me tell you, but God, when everything seems like it's overwhelming and you're being weighted down and it doesn't seem like you do it, but God, God will show up and he will do whatever it is that you have need of at that point. Point number two, set at his feet. And here's a, another story in Luke also, another story about being busy. Luke 10, verses 39 through 42, says she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been made. We just got through talking about this, didn't we? About all the preparations that had been made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I had three, three, son <laughs> I had three sons. And uh, sometimes one would slack a little bit and the other two would come say, hey, I'm just going to use you, Eli, you're here. You're right on the front. You know, Isaac and Zay would come to me and say, hey, Dad, you told us to mow and weed eat, and we had a bunch to mow and weed eat, and uh, Eli's not helping, helping. Would you tell him to come help us? So, so that's what she was doing. She was going to the Lord. She said, hey, Mary's not helping. Or, uh, yeah, Mary's not helping me. She's just in here doing nothing. She's in here. She's not pulling her weight. She's in here. Just sitting and listening to what you have to say. Jesus, tell her to come help me. Can't you see I got all this stuff going on? Can't you see I got to fix food for all these people? And I need some help. And Jesus said to her, he said, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. 
Mary has chosen what is better, and it won't be taken away from her. How many of you are choosing what is better? How many of you are choosing what is better? Because it's that time that you spend with God when you are, when, when you are by yourself or you're driving down the road. You know, you can drive down the road and pray too. Or at least some of you can. <laughs> I do it. I mean, I, I, I'm sitting there operating a, a piece of machinery during the day and I got worship music playing and I'm just sitting there and I'm, and, uh, you know, I'm just worshiping God and I, and, and I sit there and I pray and I try to listen to what, he, what he's saying to me. A lot of times, and I, and I, you know, multitasking. When things are safe, if you're, if you're driving in Dallas traffic, you need to be paying attention to what's going on on the road. But you can pay attention to what's going on on the road and have your, and have your mind stayed upon the Lord. But when you choose what is better, when you choose what is best, it's, it, it can't be taken away from you. It's those things that can't be taken away from you. I, I've been saved 28 years, 28 years I've been saved. And there was things that the Lord spoke to me 25 years ago that he spoke to me. And he gave me a word. There were some things that he spoke to me a couple years ago. And I remember those things and I remember those times like it was yesterday or like it was this morning. And those words that God has spoken to me, spoken over me, those words can never be taken away. Those things can never be taken away. You know, it says the heaven and the earth, everything on the earth is going to pass away. But my word will, shall never pass away. And if he speaks to you and you're listening, those things can't be taken away from you. Never. And they're the things that are going to last forever. That, you know, one day I, I'm, I'm going to be in heaven I'm going to be hanging out with Christ. You know, for, that's for real, y'all. That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be hanging out with God. We're going to be in his presence. And, and when I get a chance, I'll be talking to Christ. And I'll be like, hey, you know, you remember when you said this to me? And he'll be like, yeah, I do. What took you so long? You know, that's him. That's him talking to me. What took you so long to act on those words that I was talking, that I was telling you? What took you so long? Now nah, he won't tell me that. He'll be like, yeah, I remember. Because there's going to be no sadness, no sorrow, none of that. No regrets when you get there. And he's like, yeah, I remember when I told you, and you did a good job. Just sitting at his feet, you know. That's right. That's true, Greg. That when I get there, I just want to set his feet. When we sang songs this morning, at the feet, at his feet, in his presence, no longer slaves. We've been set free to sit at his feet.
And when you're sitting at his feet and you're listening at it to his voice, and you know that it's his voice because his voice will not tell you something that doesn't line up with what he's already previously spoken, which is his word. You want to get to, you want, you want to, get to know God, you got to be still and you got to listen for his voice, but you also got to read his word. You got to read what God says. Well, what does God say? Well, it's all written down in the book. It's all written down right there. You want to know God? Read his book. He reveals himself in his book. And then when you're alone and you're, and you're spending time with him and you've made all your petitions and all your requests and then you're just sitting there being still and, and uh, sitting at his feet, then he starts talking to you. And when he starts talking to you, you're going to know that, hey, this is God because he's saying the same thing that he said in his book. He's saying what he said before. Number three. Can y'all guess what this one is? Listen for his voice. John ten fourteen. Says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Who, uh, who in the Bible, who in God's Word, who does God say that He calls friend in the Word in the in the Bible? What who's God say? God. Moses. He says, Moses, Moses, I call Moses my friend. Abraham's my friend too, but Moses was the one that seen God face to face. So he, he knows God, right? How, how does sheep know who their shepherd is? By their voice. They spend so much time with those sheep, and those sheep spend so much time with that shepherd that wherever that shepherd goes, he's talking to the sheep, he's singing to the sheep, he's telling the sheep what to do, and they're doing it, and they grow, they grow to his voice so that at night when they, when they would bring all the sheep together and put them in, in a pen or a corral, or, you know, they, everybody would bring their sheep in. So there might be three or four shepherds that bring their sheep in. They put them all in a pen together. How many of you ever seen sheep? Sheep. They all look the same. So how are you going to know? How would you know if, 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 if I had sheep and there's, say I had 100, 100 head of sheep. And uh, Eli had 100 head of sheep. And Pastor Kaz had a hundred head of sheep. And Billy had a hundred head of sheep. And we all put them in one pen. And I said, hey, John, go out there and get my sheep and take them to the field. How, how, how he, he'd go there and he might talk to them. Those sheep ain't going to listen to him. And he don't even know what my sheep look like. I know what my sheep look like because I spent a lot of time with my sheep. But then if I was to go there and I was to start talking start singing, start communicating with the sheep. When I take off walking, the sheep that know my voice, the sheep that know me are going to come with me. And this is what Jesus is saying. I know my sheep and my sheep know me because the shepherd and the sheep spend a lot of time together. They spend a lot of time together. And he knows 
his sheep. He knows you. He knows us. And but do we really know him? Do we listen for his voice? Are we really listening? So if, if, if John was to come up there and, and I say, go get my sheep, and he was to go up there and start talking to my sheep, my sheep ain't going to know his voice. And the, and the ones that did take off with John probably really wasn't my sheep anyhow because they know me because I spent a lot of time with them. It's the same thing with God. When you, when you, how many of you know there can be more than one voice? There can be more than one voice, y'all. There's God's voice, and then there's Satan's voice, or, you know, our selfish voice. That sometimes it's our own thoughts, and we, and we do that because we want to be God. It's what Adam and Eve wanted. It's what Adam and Eve wanted. They wanted to be God. They wanted, they wanted to make their own decisions. They wanted to know what was right and wrong. And so they was listening to their selfish voice, but they was listening to the devil. And he distracted them and got them away from God's voice and led them down a path that they really didn't want to go down. But if, we, if, if they would just listen to God's voice, listen to his instruction. So God told me something, just go back. God told me something 25 years ago. And it doesn't make a difference who comes and tells me anything different than what God told me 25 years ago that I know that if somebody comes and tries to tell me something different, that's a lie. It's a messenger sent from Satan. Because I know, I know what his voice, what God's voice is, and I know what he said to me. And it lines up with his word. And so if somebody comes in and say, no, that, that's, that's not right. You need to do this right here. And I know that's, that's not right because I know his voice. You know, there's, God wants to have a dialogue with you. He wants to talk to you, but if you never stop and just rest at his feet, or another way to say that is if you never stop and just be still, there is something said about being still. That's a big deal, to be still. How many of you can be still? I mean, like really be still. That's that. It's not something that just comes natural. Expect because y'all being still is not sitting in the easy chair at home or at the kitchen table or uh, driving down the road with your friends or with your spouse and got your cell phone out and scrolling through Facebook <laughs> or scrolling through Snapchat. Or scrolling through Instagram. Not that there's anything wrong with those things, y'all. That's not being still. Being still is not only you're 
physical being still, although that's hard enough, but it's also getting your mind still, getting your mind decluttered, focusing, clearing out all the clutter. That's what we've been doing at my house, y'all, is clearing out the clutter. 20 years, you can collect a lot of clutter. But it's, it's decluttering your mind, getting everything out of the way, all the other voices, all the other things that are pulling at you, pushing them to the side and focusing, just being still. Oh, it's a lot tougher than what it sounds. It's like, oh, yeah, I can be still. A lot of times when I, when I get still like that right there, Billy, when I get still like that, I go to sleep. I do too. But it's, it's being still and being alert and listening for his voice. Listening for his voice. So there's something said of being still. It's, it, it's, uh, some of you may master it the very first time that you ever try it. Highly unlikely, but you might do it. Most of us will have to practice. You say, how can you practice on being still? You know, it's a, it's, how can you do, practice? Yeah, you practice. For all practice is, is repetition. Repetition. Hey, you know what? First thing in the morning, I don't know. I do a devotion in the morning that takes about 10 or 15 minutes. And then that's about as long as I can be still in the morning. My being still is in the, in the evening when I lay down. Not that I'm laying down to go to sleep, but when I lay down, when I get in my bedroom and get in my bed, that, I'll, that I can really be still then. I try to decompress the day, let the day just kind of fade away and then just con- just con- really just concentrate and really try to hear what God's wanting to speak to me. I've made all kinds of requests throughout the day. Not that there's anything wrong. There's nothing wrong. I, I don't want you to go away from this. Well, Joey said we shouldn't be, you know, making all, we shouldn't be bombarding God with all these requests. No, that's what he wants you to do because I know if my children, if my children, and I'm an earthly father, if my children come to me and said, if Zay was to come to me right after church and say, hey, Dad, uh, I got this going on and I need your help with this right here. I want him to do that, to come to me and say, hey, dad, I need some help. Rather than, you know, he might could do it on his, on his, he might could do it on his own, but he may struggle and be lacking in other, in other uh, parts of his life. Hmm? He may be, he may struggle and, and, and fall short in other stages of his life or other things that he's got going on. But if it had just come to, to dad in the beginning and said, hey, dad, I got this going on. Can you help me? What am I going to do? I'm going to like, yeah, I'll help you. What do you need? What do we need to do? Let's develop a plan. And if I can do that, God wants you to do that too. He wants you to make the request. He wants you to, to ask him for his help because it says you can't do it on your own. But then when he starts helping you with your request, 
helping you with your, the things you have petitioned him for. If you just make the request and petition him and then get up and burn, you know, get up and go, you know, you bounce out of there. If he was like, hey, Dad, I need your help, but then he never would stop to listen to me to, so I could give him some advice or, you know, say, hey, let's develop a plan. If he never did do that and just went on and did his own thing anyhow, how many of us are guilty of that? I'm guilty of that. But if I stop and listen, listen to his plan, listen to his voice, listen to what he has to say about the situation. He gives us directions from, from many sources. And primary source being God's word. This is what God has to say about it. And if I will heed that, then it'll go so much better. And sometimes, you know, if when Zay comes to me and he says, "Hey, Dad, I got this. I got this problem. I got this. This. Thing, I got this going on." And I, I've already. And I say, "Hey, you know what? Maybe I haven't ever dealt with that situation." And I say, "I don't know. Let me let me get back with you on it." But if it's a situation that I have dealt with, that I have been through, I can say, "Hey, you know what? I've been through this, and I've done this." And let me help you. And if he'll heed the advice, it'll go much better for him. And if we would just heed the advice that God is giving you, heed the words that he's spoken to us, heed the words that he has spoke to us, because he speaks not only through his voice, but he speaks through his word, through, through the Bible. That's what God has said about it. If we'll heed those words, it will go so much better. And in doing that, we will get to know him. And that then, then at that point, you'll know. You'll, you will know. You will know that he's your savior. You'll know he's your redeemer. You'll know he's your soon coming king. You'll know he's your provider, your shelter, your comfort, your strength. You'll know the one, he's the one who sticks closer than any brother. You'll know that when everything else fails, that he's the one that's still going to be there, that he's the foundation. You will know those things then because you know him. And then you can look back and you'll be like, you know, over 25 years, 28 years ago, 28 years ago when I got saved, that I look back and I'm like, ooh, I was a bad boy. I was a really bad, I, I, I was a bad boy. But that I can look back, you know, hey, you know what? 20 years ago, God did this for me. 18 years ago, God did this for me. 15 years ago, God did this for me. 12 years ago, God did this for me. Five years ago, God did this to me, and it's building a track record, a track record that I can look back, and you know what? I know he's been with me because he took care of me during this, during this time of struggle. I listened to his voice. I heeded his advice, and he moved me past that. Those tests, y'all, we just got through with the test, right?
You know, God God spoke something to me. I'm gonna go back. God spoke something to me 25 years ago, and it was a little church in Murchison. And didn't nobody place their hands on me? Did wasn't nobody praying for me? Not that there is times for for people to to pray with you and 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 to lay hands on you. Uh, but I was at a little church, and I was right here in the front. And I felt like somebody just picked me up and spun me around and laid me back down. And I, I don't know. I, I was out over there for a while. I was out of it, but I was in it. And he came to me, and he spoke some things to me 25 years ago. And in the last three to four, or the last two to three years, I've seen those things start to come to pass. 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 And it's just like uh, I can see it building up to what he spoke to me 25 years ago. That's my own. That's my. That's my own story. And so I believed what he said. That's the other thing. When he speaks to you, when you listen for his voice, believe what he says to you. Psalm. Come on, worship team. Psalms 46 and 10. Be still and know that I am God. I'm going to ask you this question. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you what's he speaking to you and they're not gonna so that you know if this is the Holy Spirit speaking to me or not the Holy Spirit's not gonna not gonna tell you how bad you are he's not gonna condemn you because God's word says there's no more condemnation to those who know God. So if there's a if you, if there's a voice speaking to you that's condemning you right now, that's not of God. God's voice, the Holy Spirit, is going to be encouraging you. It's going to be lifting you up. It's going to have good things to say about you. What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you? What's He saying to you? Could you do better? You know? I'm going to pray with you. The Heavenly Father, God, oh, we're so thankful. God, for your goodness, Lord, your grace and your mercy. And God, we're so thankful. God, Lord, for the year 2022. And God, oh, we just pray right now, Lord, that this year, that we as a church, as your church, as your sheep, God, Lord, that we would know your voice and that, God, Lord, that we would be still and know that we would be still and know that you are God. God, because you got us. You have us in your hand. You're our Savior 
our Redeemer, our soon-coming King. And Lord, we praise you and we worship you. And God, Lord, I just pray that each and every person, God, Lord, that you would just overshadow them, God. Lord, that you would speak to them. God, Lord, that you would give us direction. God, Lord, that you would heal, that you would deliver, that you would set free. God, Lord, that your people would find freedom in 2022. Find freedom in 2022. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. have chosen me love has called my name I've been born again through your family your blood flows through my veins I'm no longer
So glad that you spent your new year with us. If y'all need prayer for anything at all, do not hesitate. You can meet us over here in the connect room. Otherwise, you guys have a blessed week. Happy 2022. I love you.